They, they were praying that God would touch me right here. I don't know. So, um, it was my heart. Oh, okay. Um, just a reminder of what Mara said. If you missed this during the announcements, life groups actually start a week prior to what's on this date. So, um, February 3rd. So I think signups will start next week. Is that correct? I think next week we'll have signups for that. And, you know, as we start to talk today and next week and the next three Sundays, actually, um, the hope is that everybody would commit to being a part of a life group for this season, for this semester or whatever you, however we put it, um, break it down. The one thing we're doing this time for life groups is they're going to be eight weeks long. So literally they're going to cover February and March as far as the commitment that we're asking you to make. Um, as a church, every life group's going to be, um, we're going to be doing the same thing. We're going to press into the same thing. Every life group will be discussing the same thing each week during those eight weeks. And, and it's, in a, it's in an attempt that we would all get on the same page and kind of move in the same direction in order to just see what God will do while we're, while we're joining together in this, in this little adventure. So I'm just inviting you to start thinking about, you know, will you make an eight-week commitment to life groups? And, and again, next week and the next couple of weeks, you know, more will be um, kind of rolled out with that. Um, and like as Mara said, this morning I'm just going to kind of start on a pace to, to kind of share what I believe God is calling us to do as branches. Last week we talked about Ebenezer's. If you remember, we talked about looking back and, and placing stones in our life from 2018 where God intervened in our life and saying, this is a point where, where God met me. This is a point where God met me. This is a point where God met me. My hope is if that you were, if that you were here last week, that you have, have spent some time thinking, God, where did you meet me in 2018? And kind of locking those points down as anchors in your life to know that God is alive, to know that God is active in your life and that God wants to be a part of your life. And, and then to kind of look back and say, what's the path that has been laid in my life of God moving. And my, my belief is that if we would be willing to commit for the next 12 months as individuals and as a church, we'll look back January of next year and the path will be greater. And all of us, will, it'll be real easy for you to go, yes, I know God met me there. Yes, I know God met me there. Yes, these are times where 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 I had an experience with God and those have solidified my relationship with him. And so that's kind of, kind of what last week was and kind of where we're going. Um, I, sp- I always spend some time every year just asking God, what is it that you have for us as a church? I mean, we have our mission statement, but what is it? Is there anything specific you have for us for our church? And I, um, I believe in, in August when I was in Russia, God just really impressed on me that as a church, we need to be really active in making disciples. And, and, and what does that mean? I don't know that I have all the answers. I know it means bringing people into the family of God, walking people through their relationship with God on their journey to a more intimate relationship with God. I know that that's what that means. And so as I started to, since August, kind of play that out and what that would look like, what are we doing with that? It, the question kind of came, and I believe God was just saying, are we actually disciples? I, I mean, we're, we'll say we're saved. We're saved, you know, we, we, we've accepted Jesus, but are we actually disciples and true followers of Jesus? And so I, I kind of thought, well, 
if we're going to make disciples, we probably should make sure that we are disciples and that, and that we could articulate that and we can understand what that means and we can, we can, um, we can at least be pressing into that on a level that, that, sh- that says we are walking out this relationship with God. And so um, in doing so, I, um, I just feel like that for the first season of 2019, we're going to press into what does it mean to be a disciple of God? And what is some of the disciplines of, of life that we can incorporate into our, into our personal life and as a church to, to draw us into a more intimate relationship with Jesus. So what I want to do is just remind us of our, our mission statement for, for branches. So if that could go up and it, it says this, it says, we are a group of people that are intimately connected with the vine, who's Jesus, with a heart to branch out to the community of Warsaw and see lives change for God's kingdom. And, and as that's up there, you know, we can look at that and we could, we could drag three parts from that. We could drag the part that says, we are, are people who love God. We are people who love God. We are people who love other people. And we are people who, who want to see other people come into relationship with God. And if you're looking at Matthew, you can find that the, the, the great commandment, you know, Jesus was asked, what is the greatest of the commandments? And Jesus said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And then the second is equal, to love your neighbor as yourself. So that's where we get that part. And then if you look at the end of Matthew, it, um, Jesus says, you know, I've been given all authority in heaven and in earth. And then he says, go and preach the gospel, make disciples, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded. And I am with you until the ends of the, of the earth and the ends of the days, something like that. So you can look it up. Um, and so when I see that, here's what I see. I see that those three things kind of stack on each other. And what I see with that is that we will sometimes get the cart before the horse. We will sometimes um, rush out to, to make disciples, and we don't have a whole lot of ballast in our life. We're, we um, we've not, don't have a lot of depth as, as disciples ourselves, and so we'll rush out, and then life will hit us, and we'll tip over and sink. And then we're, we're struggling just to tread water ourselves. Or... or or we will be really consumed with loving other people, but that love sometimes will turn selfish because we don't understand our identity and who we are with God, our, where God is, is, is how God sees us, and we're not locked solid with our identity with God. And so our love for other people can become tainted a little bit. And so what I see is, first and foremost in our life, we need to be people who, who truly have an intimate relationship with the Father, that we love God and, we, and we're pressing into that and we're walking in that intimacy. When that happens, I believe then we can begin to be people that can love others as we love ourselves. We can truly love others because we don't have to love them selfishly. We can love others just truly the way Jesus loved them because we're solid with our relationship with the Father. And when we as a group of people... When we love others, we become attractive. People say, what is it about you that I'm, that's missing in my life? And, and I honestly believe that the work of making disciples becomes easy, becomes natural, because people will start asking you, what's different about you? Why do you treat me the way we are, the way you do? Why, why, why do, are you willing to love that person who's, who's seemingly un- unlovable? Well, it's because of my relationship with, with God. And I think we will see people come in to a relationship with Jesus. And so I feel like at, at Branches, you know, part of my job, it, there's two tasks. The first task is that my job is to encourage 
people into a relationship with God. And, and that could mean encouraging somebody who's never, never heard about God, never, never met Jesus, never made a commitment. Or it could mean encouraging all of us just to walk deeper in our relationship with God. And then I, I believe that the second task that I would have is that it's my job to cast a vision and show a path of how we as a church can go out and make disciples and, and kind, of, kind of lead that charge and say, hey, I believe this is where God's going. As branches, this is where we're going to go. We're going to jump into the stream of what God's doing. And will you jump in with me? Will you commit with me? And so here's what we're going to do. This morning, we're going to talk about the, the pressing into our relationship with God, the intimacy with the Father. Next week is going to be seriously practical and simple on what you can do, what we can do as a group to bond together, to really be a force to see Jesus' name really become known in Warsaw to the people that don't know Jesus. I have a pastor friend here in town who has done a lot of um, statistical um, background checking for for the Kosciuszko County, and he told me that there's 72,000 people in our county. And of the 72,000, 52,000 people do not claim a church or affiliation or 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 a... a connection with a local church. 52,000 people in our county. That means on any given Sunday, 20-something thousand people get up and go to church or say that they go to a church. But there's 52,000 unchurched people in our county. We have a field in front of us that God's like asking us, encouraging us, giving us to go and harvest and we have to be followers of him in order to go do that. So, so today we're going to talk about this, this pressing into to, um, what it means to be a follower of Jesus and this intimate relationship with Jesus. And then next week we'll talk about what it means as a church to be locked in. So, so I just want to ask, has anybody in this room ever fallen in love? You can raise your hand. Have you ever thought you've fallen in love? <laughs> And what did that look like for you? What did it look like when you entered into a relationship with somebody who you thought, I think I might love this person? Did it look like, maybe I'm just going to speak personally, but it looked like for me, like I thought about that person all the time. This was you, okay, just so you know. (laughs) Let's clear it up. It's my wife. Did that happen to you? Did you think about the person all the time? When you were with, when you were, you wanted to be with that person all the time, and when you weren't with that person, all you could think about was being with that person. When you, when you um, were around other people, they got tired of hearing about the other person. And when you were with the person, your friends wondered where you disappeared to because you only wanted to spend alone time with that person. And in this building of this relationship, this intimacy with this person, you started to share your heart. You started to share maybe even some of the, the secrets of your heart that, that you wanted them to know about you. And, and, and maybe it became clear that it was like reciprocating. And so they would share with you their secrets of their heart. And, and you had things you had to do in life and you always tried to work it out so that that person could be included in what it was you were going to do. Did you ever pull that one? Because I used to pull that one. Like, hey, I kind of need to go do this. Maybe you want to come along. You know, just because I always wanted to be around this person, Joe. And only Joe, ever, <laughs> first and last. <laughs> 
you get the picture of what I'm saying. This, this idea of falling in love, this, this romantic picture of this is the person I'm going to spend my life with. This is the person that I'm giving my heart to. This is the person that I'm willing to drive over at the middle of the night and, and you know, because you're not married or whatever, but, or I'm willing to, to serve and, and give, give my life to without wanting anything back because I just think I love this person so much. Now, what I want you to do is take that picture and t- of this natural relationship and, and ask, is it the same way with God? Not, you know, in the intimacy and the desire to give in that sort of thing. Would you be able to say that it's the same way? Are you consumed with your relationship with God? Do you share your deepest, your, your secrets with him, your thoughts and your desires? Do you make sure that you separate yourself from all the noise of the day and get away and spend quality time with him alone? Do you give God all that you have simply because you love him and you want to have this intimate relationship with him? And here's what I want you to know, that God definitely desires that of you. And God has given that to us. And God God wants that relationship with us. And so if we go back to our mission statement and the, and the task at hand, here's the, here's the question I want you to answer for, for or contemplate. And it's the main question is, are you committed, am I committed to an intimate relationship with God for 2019? Am I committed to pressing into a relationship, maybe one that you've never had before? Maybe, maybe you, you're going to take it from a surface level of, yeah, I know God. Yeah, I show up at church. Yeah, I'll, I'll help out too. I'm going to press in and, and really build in some time to get to know God and for God to have hold of my heart. In Luke chapter 10, verses 26 through 28, it's the same parallel verse of, of Matthew, but it says this, One day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. He said, Teacher, what should I do to inter- in inherit eternal life. And Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? And the man answered this. He said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. And then you love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, right, do this and you will live. And so, and so if we're going to be disciples of Jesus, when I read this verse, and we, we've, ta- we've, we've looked at this verse several times over the past few years, I see that we need to be all in with who we are as disciples of Jesus, that we need, to be, we need to be committed and jump into the deep end with our relationship with God. And so I just want to look at the four points of this verse, and I use this verse specifically because it adds strength. Where the Matthew verse says heart, soul, mind, this one adds strength to it. And I just want to look at these four points just real quickly so we can understand what was Jesus saying? What did the law of Moses say to be... And have an intimate relationship with the Father. And so the first is a, an all-in disciple of Jesus um, loves God with their heart. And, and this is more than just an emotional thing. For the, for the first hearer, the biblical hearer of this love God with all your heart, what they understood is that that meant loving God with the inner core of who they are, the center of who they were. Your heart is the center of your will. It's the center of your thoughts. It's the words. It's your words and your actions. And so for me to love God with all my heart, it's to say, God, you have control and you have authority and you you have the attention of the center innermost being of who I am. So so just ask yourself that question. Is, Is that something that you have given to God? 
Have you given the God to God the, the everything that you are, the center of who you are? Do, do you allow God to have first say in your life? Do you have, allow God to have authority to, to be head of your life? So that's, that's what, what, what's saying when Jesus said, love God with all your heart. Then he goes on and says, love God w- with your soul. And your soul is who you are. It's who I am. It's, it's the part of my life that lives forever. And so loving God with all my soul, what, it, what I look at that and I say, it's loving God with my breath, with everything that I am in my, in my, in my breath, in my life, in my, in my everything. If you look in Genesis 2-7, it's not going to be up there, but when, when the story of creation and God's creating man, it said, then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed the breath of life into man's nostrils, and man became a living person. He breathed soul into man's body, into this dust-created body, he breathed soul. He breathed life. And so when I love God with all my soul, I'm, I'm saying, God, everything that I live for from now through eternity is directed for you. When I love God with all my, my mind, it's everything that's in my intellect, in my intentions, in my power, and in my purpose. It's, it's my thoughts are God's thoughts. I turn my thoughts to God. God, God, am I thinking the way you would have me think? Am, am, am I reasoning the way you would reason? God, you have control of my thoughts. Lead me in that way. All my determination is directed towards loving God. And then when I love God with all my strength, which is the fourth, it's my abilities. It's my energies, and I direct all my abilities and energies to serving God and his kingdom. So that's kind of just a simple breakdown. We've, we've looked at that more in depth in the past. But let me ask this. Let me just follow up by just wrapping it up by saying this. Loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength is loving God with our intelligence, our feelings, our wills, and our service. And God doesn't desire this empty, ritualistic, go-through-the-motion relationship. He's created us to have close intimacy and communion with him on a moment-to-moment basis. And this is what the main commandment that Jesus gave when asked, what's the greatest of the commandments? To love God with our everything. When you walked in this room, everything you carried into this room, God says, I want, I want you to love me with all that. I want, I want you to be consumed with all that. I think a lot of us probably grasp that. We say, yeah, we kind of get that idea. We've read this before. We've heard this. The, the challenge is, what would it look like to love God that way? What would I do to actually start loving God that way? If, if I was to say, yes, I'm a disciple of God, a disciple of Jesus, what does that mean for me? Now, here's the path that I've been taught at, at some point in my life, that loving God means that I show up to church every Sunday. Anybody ever been taught that one? Loving God means that I make sure I put money in the... Do we pass a basket or a plate? I don't remember. A basket. I always get up and leave during this time, so I don't know. But um, I put money in the basket every week. Um, loving God means that I serve. That I show up and I serve and I give my time to the, to the church or to a, an affiliation or a group. I've been taught that that's how I love God. And I, I, here's what I believe. I believe those are the results 
of my love to God. Those aren't what causes me to love God. I love, when I love God, then I desire to be at church every Sunday with everybody here and worship him. When I love God, I want him to be in charge of my finances. So I, I want to honor him and say, God, this is me telling you I'm giving you my first fruit. So you will sustain me. So I give him authority in my finances. When I love God, I, I say, I want to come and serve your people and love your people. It's, it's a result of this relationship with God. And you, you could say, you could fill in the blank of what maybe you've been taught loving God was. I pray, I confess. But there's a story in Luke that I just want to look at briefly that kind of will set the, 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 maybe the foundation for where we're going to go starting in February. And it's Luke chapter 10. It's, it's up on the, the board. We can read it together. It says, As Jesus and his disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. Next. But, Mar- <laughs> but Mar- <laughs> click. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. And she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to, to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha... You are worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about, and Mary has discovered it. And it will not be taken away from her. Okay, so here's, here's the point in that, is that Mary understood the presence of Jesus and sitting at his feet. Martha maybe was a little bit distracted. Now, I know that sometimes Martha might get a bad rap in this situation, but... but Martha understood that she had a responsibility as a host to provide a meal, to make the, the guests comfortable, to do this work and, and make sure everything was set up. But what she was missing was simply sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Mary, Mary understood the importance of letting everything else fall by the wayside and spend time with Jesus. There's a story I've told before. I love to tell this story, so I'm going to tell it again. And I'm going to promise you this will not be the last time I tell this story. <laughs> Give it a year or two, and I'm going to tell it again. But when my, my two girls were young, um, pre-Zach, he wasn't even thought of at this time. But um, Ashley was one years old and about three months. So what's that make her? Fifteen months old. And Morgan was either just had turned two, or just had turned three or was just about to turn three. We lived in this small apartment in Temecula, California, which is about an hour north of San Diego. And I worked in San Diego. So I'd get up every morning, drive the hour to San Diego, and work and come home. And I walked in one day to our apartment, and Joe makes this announcement. Daddy's home. You know, kind of the, hey, daddy's home. And as I walk in, I, you know, kind of drop what I had in my hands. And both Ashley and Morgan just come rushing up to me. And Morgan, being the oldest, was fastest. And she ran up and she met me. And I kind of knelt down to, to receive my kids the way, you know, a great dad does. And, um, <laughs> or a great dog lover does, maybe, if you own dogs. But, um, so, so, you know, I, so Morgan rushes into my arms and gives me this big hug and then turns and bolts back because Winnie the Pooh was playing on the TV, and it was only the 76th time that she had watched it, and so she couldn't miss it. So she got back being busy watching her Winnie the Pooh show, and that was fine. She gave me a nice hug and then back to the TV. What Ashley did was Ashley, 
she, she kind of came into my arms, and as I gave her a hug, don't cry, baby, back there, okay? She's back at the sound booth. <laughs> but as, she, as I, she gave me a hug, she just kind of stayed there. And, and so I recognized, okay, this is really nice, and I'll tell stories about this someday in my life. And so, I, I mean, I just, <laughs> I just embraced her, and, she, and it was like, it felt like five or ten minutes. It was probably, you know, ten seconds, but it was just this, this lingering pressing in to her dad. It was this, I just want to be with you right now. And so I just held her. And it, it was a beautiful moment. And it's one that, you know, obviously I've never forgotten of just my daughter wanting to be with me and close to me. And I just, I just you know, I, w- I was, you know, at, in that brief moment, smart enough to recognize it and not just go, let's get up and go. But I just kind of held her. And I think this is the picture of what we see with Mary and Martha, that, you know, Martha was, you know, she had stuff to do. And so I'm sure she welcomed Jesus and this and that, but she knew I had, to, had, had Winnie the Pooh to watch. And, and Mary, <laughs> Mary just recognized it's time to sit at Jesus' feet. And so, so my encouragement this morning is this. Can we be people that will press into sitting at Jesus' feet? Can, can we push away the distractions, the Winnie the Pooh movies of our life that want to consume our time, the dinners that need to be made, the, the, the having to go to the store, or do this or do that, and say, I'm just going to spend some time with the Father. Is that possible for us? And I think this is the, the starting point for us to, to grow in our intimacy with Jesus, is to say, I'm going to set aside an appointment you know, I, I run by calendars. I run by, you know, appointments. And my thing is, I'm, you know, I got to set aside. I have this appointment. I can't, I'm not going to, you know, write it off. I'm not going to let anything get in the way. And I'm going to spend some time with the Father. And I'm not spending time with the Father just to spend time to say I did it. And this is the trap we can get into. And this is religion. But I'm spending time with the Father so that I can grow in my intimacy with him. I'm spending time with God so that my relationship with him will be stronger, so that I can love people the way he loves people, so that people will will see God's love and recognize that that's what they're missing in their life, and they'll be attracted to that and want to, to jump into that themselves. Is that something that we can do as followers of Jesus for 2019? So just the commitment to make for this, for this week as we head into next week is to answer the question, for 2019, am I committed to an intimate relationship with God? If it's yes, man, we're going to go on a great ride this next few months. I, 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 here's what I believe. I believe the stories of, of what God's going to do in your life, you're going you're gonna to share those with us because you're going to say, because I spent some time with God, he's making adjustments in my life. The stuff that was so important to me just doesn't bother me anymore because of my relationship with God. Would you stand with me? <clears throat> I want you to take that, take that thought, that, that, that challenge, and I truly want you to just, if you, maybe you've answered the question, yes, I'm going to do it then great. Next week, we're going to talk about just some seriously practical stuff about how we, as a body, can move forward together. Um, if, if you're just not sure about this, press in. Take, take, go look at these scriptures. Go, go you know, spend some time with God and say, God, what is it that you 
are asking of me for 2019? What, how, how can I deepen my relationship with you? We have a, a you know, like Mara said um, this morning, there's a group of people that pray for this service. They pray for you every Sunday morning, and they get together and just ask God, God, what is it that you want to do during this time at Branches? And they, they wrote down a couple things just to maybe encourage some people and um, that they believe God was sharing with them. I believe God shared it with them. And so I just want to read these. If if any of these, um, or if this main, this main one um, relates to you, we have a time called ministry time. We're gonna we're gonna finish with a, a song, a worship song, and then we'll we'll um, we'll be dismissed. And if you need prayer for anything, there's people up here that want to pray for you. So if this resonates with with you, um, I would say I would say don't don't be shy and and commit that if this is you that you'll come up. And, and here's here's what they wrote. They they just believe they saw that somebody had this impeding. Impending, impending job loss, or you've already lost your your job, and you're just you're feeling deep dread from that. Um, and then they wrote down, "Jesus is the Prince of Peace, the King of their heart, and the Lord of their soul." So maybe they're two different things. Maybe one, maybe some people or some of you is just you're looking at a job loss, or you've just lost your job, and you're feeling some real dread for that. God wants to meet you. God wants to meet you, and you just need to come up and and let us pray with you. And maybe you just need to know that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, the King of your heart, and he, the lover of your soul. And, and if that resonates with you, maybe you just need to come up and just kind of soak in that a little bit. Um, Brandon and Laura, would you guys come up? Do you have any of your kids with you, or is it just you guys? Come on up. Brandon and Laura Bonke, most of you know, have been on this, this journey to adopt um, a little baby. Are we allowed to say it's a little girl? We're allowed to say it's a girl? Okay. Um, this little girl from Sierra Leone. And so they've been over there a couple times to see her and they've been in this, you know, long journey. Well, they got the paperwork or the announcement this week that for the court date in Sierra Leone and, and essentially what it is, they're going to go and it's going to be stamped that they are adopting this child. Um, yeah. Isn't that awesome? So we want to pray for them because they're, they're leaving to, to, to fly to Africa Saturday. Is this correct? And, um, and then we also want to pray for um, speedy timing because they won't be bringing her home this trip because there's still immigration and all the stuff that has to happen to, to be able to bring her from Africa to the U.S. And we just want to pray that that would just rapidly happen and that they'll be turning around quickly to, to, go, to go pick up this, this beautiful baby and bring her home to, to Warsaw, Indiana. So if some of you guys during this, even this, during this worship song, would just come and surround them and pray, pray safety over them, pray blessings, pray, pray how God, you know, how you feel the Holy Spirit leading you. Would you guys just come and surround them? And then we'll, uh, we'll just... We'll finish off the day with a great, a great time of worship. Um, let me pray for us. So, Father, God, I, I, I want to be committed to being a person that, that loves you with, with my heart, my soul, my mind, and my strength. Lord, I, I know I need you to show me ways that I hold back. Show me ways that I need to adjust my life so that I, my life can become um, just engulfed in you. And, Lord, I, I, I believe that that's the case for everybody here. So, God, would you just... Even during this worship song, would you be um, revealing yourself, revealing your heart to each one of us in a unique way of how we can commit to you and, and commit to loving you for this upcoming year? 
God, would you press upon us your desire for that intimate relationship? I feel like maybe somebody here just feels scared about that, that, oh, I don't know about this, this whole idea. This seems weird or this is scary because I have to give up this or I have to give up that. And Lord, I just pray that for that person, you will show them that you created them to have a relationship with you and nothing else matters besides that. And that they'd be able to just kind of lay aside the stuff that they would think is more important. And Father, we worship you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.